Hey, 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 everybody. What's up? What's up? This is Real Time with Prince Blue. Today is October the 21st, and I have two very special guests with me, man. This is a big show. I personally don't uh, give a fuck what y'all think, but um, 975 Mornings is my favorite show, Um, and I listen to those guys every day, and it's not often that you reach out to people in this business and they don't either big time you or flake out on you. I'll get to that later. Um, but these two guys, I asked them to uh, join my little, you know, startup show and they didn't even hesitate. Well, Pat probably did, but Jamie didn't hesitate. Um, and these guys, man, they're good, man. They're good dudes. They love their sports. They know their sports. Um, very funny. So I want to welcome Jamie Lynch and Pat Egan to the show. Uh, Farzetta in the mornings, 97.5 The Fanatic. I want y'all to give them a huge welcome. I know you can't clap, but just clapping your damn heads. What's up, fellas? <laughs> What's going on, Prince? What's up, man? Not much, man. I appreciate y'all coming on, man. I appreciate that. Our pleasure, man. Happy to support you. You're having some good success. So let's keep it rolling. Hey, listen, it's it's because of y'all in a weird, roundabout, strange way that I'm actually doing this, and I'll get to that. But first, I want to talk to Jamie, because I feel like I say this every week. Uh, for full disclosure, me and Jamie, it seems like everybody that's now on my shows that I'm pretty cool with, we started off, I either was blocked by them, or they either cursed me out on Twitter. But... uh when you was with the original format of you and Ant in the mornings, it was right around the time that Doug got hired. And I felt like, you know, the show was just pounding on Doug. You were more in the middle. You was like, give the guy a chance. Yeah. Like everybody else was like, this guy's stupid. He's a bumpkin. You know, Kansas City, he called those plays, stuff, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I used to rag on the show, rag on the show. And then one day you just got on. He was like, yo, dude, listen. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, you, you came wait, back up and you like, listen. So Jamie, ahead, Jamie was being positive. Is that what you're telling me? He was he wasn't There's being no negative. Let's put it like that. Let's put it like that. He wasn't being negative, but uh, you know, and we we hashed it out, and I I found I figured out where he was coming from far as like, you know, you got all these opinions on the show. Not everybody's gonna have the same opinion. Don't rag on the whole show because <laughs> you know, people don't share your opinion. And ever since then, man, since you went from silent bro to talking bro, like man, it's been it's been all gravy, man. So talk yeah, to me, I mean, man. It, it, it's a fun format, you know. It's not it's it's sports. We're not it's not supposed to be serious. So, you know, you're never going to agree with everybody and as long as you're not a douche, uh, it's easy to go back and forth with people and uh see the differences uh, you know i like to hear where people are coming from and you know i'm i probably view things through a more positive scope than most so i like yeah, to hear side. yep you do that yeah i try to be positive pat as you're sucking down your mountain do <laughs> the chemicals right there <laughs> that's right now pat for people don't know me and pat really didn't start off that bad we didn't start a bad even with everything you know everybody i don't want to rehash everybody knows about the whole Swedesboro incident but i remember when you would do the weekends and it was this one asshole that would call up 
every Saturday <laughs> just to tell you how much you sucked. And then I remember just one day you just like exploded on the dude. And I thought like they would have had to get the bleep button out for you. He was like, dude, like, don't call in if you don't like me. Why would you call in and tell me that you don't like me? You I don't, don't think I should be doing radio. It was so funny. And since then, I was like, all right. All right, Pat. <laughs> you said it with your big boy pants on. I appreciate that. So I, my first question to both of you fellas is, like, I know you have a job to do, but how do you handle people that constantly coming at you for something that you're passionate about? And how do you how do you come at them without getting fired? Pretty much. <laughs> Jamie, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I I just try to how do, like humanize the conversations and not make them so onliney. Um, like I don't know I don't know how to describe it. I just try to not be a total douche, but stand my ground. Like I, I try to take my stance and not waver from it, but I like I'll go back and forth with people. I don't have a I don't have a problem having a back and forth with somebody that disagrees with me. Um, so I just try to keep it for the most part PC and PG, and just try to have a conversation and try to have fun with it. And I like to point out people's stupidity sometimes. It's good. It's a good time. <laughs> Pat, uh, yeah. So. For me, it 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 totally depends on the day. It depends on the mood I'm in. I've had it before where um, there was a guy who just kept coming at me on Twitter and kept coming at me, and I finally was like, "Dude, there's nothing you can do that won't make me like you. Like I, I like you." <laughs> and it got to the point where it got to the point where, and I was in a good mood, so it got to the point where he was coming at my height, and he's he called me five four, and I'm five three, and I was like, "Whoa, don't give me the extra inch," and he wanted me to prove it. Oh. So I went downstairs and I took a picture of myself right next to a tape measure that says 63 inches, five foot three. And all of a sudden, after that, the guy was cool. But there mm -hmm. are some days where you're like, "Bro, fuck off!" Like mm -hmm. you don't know, you don't know what we go through. You don't know mo anything really about it. Like what we let you know as a listener or a follower or whatever is what we allow you to know. You might know a little more than probably we might think, but there is a human aspect to what we do. We have families. I got a kid. Jamie's got a kid. They're probably going to get married one day. It's whatever. All right. We're going to be dad-in-laws. But yeah, at times it's like there are just some people on Twitter that wake up and they're miserable with their life and they hop on and they just want to bring you down. And you're like, dude, what? what's your issue? What's your problem? So I you can test those people out quickly too. You like you, you can usually suss those people out that's not worth your time. Well, yeah, and for cuck boy, so soy boy libs like me and you, it's <laughs> easy to do that. But I try to do what Jamie did. Like I try to be self-deprecating on Twitter. I feel like it's way better than just coming at people. But there are some times where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not having your your bullshit. And and then that's why they created the mute button, which which I love. You just yeah. Them and they yell off into the ether, and that's what I did with Jamie. Like I never see Jamie's tweets because I spend too much time. <laughs> <laughs> now that brings me you said some people just wake up miserable and they just feel like they have to make other people feel bad now for y'all that don't know and people out there in the social media world i may be of what you call a troll maybe i don't know i guess i don't know a little bit uh 
But I never troll anybody that don't deserve it. That's my rules. I got like John Wick rules. Like <laughs> you, you, you only troll people that deserve it. He but can turn I feel... John Wick. I had just seen it for the first time like six months ago. But, all right. Oh my god! Let me tell you, Maybe, I, like... I have all three John Wicks on digital, right? And I need I to get the other two. I gave Jamie my entire library. I'm like, here's my login, all that. Does he use it? No. Why? Because he doesn't want to be friends with me. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I like when Jamie came on, I told him he looks like he's cooking up something in the lab. And I'm not going to give him my address because I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that package to come to my house. So. I'm literally in my parents' basement with all my. <laughs> That's where most serial killers are. In their yeah. parents' basement. Yeah. You, you're literally. Uh, that's what everybody on Twitter says about us. Is that yeah. we're in our parents' basement? Living in my parents' basement. That. Yeah, you're the you're the embodiment of a sports radio stereotype right now. I'm trying to live that stereotype. Now speaking of radio, like I, it's no secret that I love you guys' show. I have two shows that I listen to, and then everything else is white noise. Um, I, what I love about your sh- you guys' show is it's morning talk. But it's like y'all stayed at the bar all night and y'all never <laughs> went home. So you're coming in with good takes. You probably still got uh, alcohol on your breath. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like bar talk. And I love that aspect of it. It's not formula. It's not um, archaic. It's, you know, some guys just sitting around shooting the shit. You got fart humor, dirty cousin humor, everything that you can think of oh, is yeah. in there. But one aspect I don't like about not y'all show, but radio in general, I feel like sometimes it's a, all right, this is what we're going to talk about. Everybody, everybody is, everybody likes X. So somebody has to not like X so we can get, get some, some uh, banter going. Am I crazy to think that? No, not your show, but other shows. Not at all. You're not crazy at all. There's definitely people that say things they don't believe. Oh, um, thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't like to judge the phone calls as a gauge of whether a radio show is good or not. I really don't. Right. Like, I'd rather shoot the shit and have the conversation I would have with my buddies. To me, that's more appealing than somebody faking. Like, I, I would never... I can't. I would have a hard time unless you're paying me like Stephen A. Skip Bayless money to be uh, that guy. Like that would pain me to say something I don't believe. No, I, I can't agree more. I, I was telling Devon Givens. Uh, I was on actually right now, the other day, the Max Kellerman cut with Dan Orlovsky, where Max is just trashing Carson Wentz, and it's the <sighs> worst take. And I, I told Devon like, how does this dude sleep at night? Not to the point where he's a serial killer, but to the point where you can't believe that. You cannot believe what you're saying. And I personally is disingenuous. I can't really do it. Um, but there are definitely shows that it's like, all right, like we got to come out with a hot take. And if everybody likes chocolate, then I got to go up with vanilla. And, you know, this player's great. No, I'm going to tell you why he's not great. And it's like, dude, that's that's bullshit. Like I can I can see right through it. You know, I, I you're going to tell me that Mike Trout isn't a good player. Like, stop. It's ridiculous. So. Yeah, I, I think the hot take culture is so overdone at this point where it's just annoying. It's people are sick of it. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's annoying. Right. And and my issue is like 
if y'all don't know on my show, I say names. You got people like Elliot Shore Parks, um, who for some reason he had it. In, I mean, it's one meth rep mutant rat reason why he does it that runs that station. But he uh he figured that Carson Wentz is gonna be a lightning rod, so let me make my bones on that. Like the game on Sunday, he put out that Carson Wentz fumble was why they lost that game. Like, I'm like, dude, like how like how do you I'm like Egan, how do you get on your phone, put that out there, and able to look yourself in the mirror and be like, Yeah, I did that. Like I'm a journalist and I did that. I put that out there. So now any reaction is good reaction. I don't get it. Yeah, and and I think it just makes our industry look bad. You 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 come up with that, and it's like that's the, that's who's getting paid. So now every Tom, Dick, and Harry with the worst sports point thinks, oh, I can do that because he has a trash take, and he's he's where he is. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know ESP. I don't know any most of those guys over there, but first of all, don't 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 ESP him. His name is Elliot Shore Parts. He doesn't get a nickname. All right, all right. like J Jaw. He doesn't know. No, it's JJ Ortega Whiteside. He doesn't get a nickname. It's yeah. e is Elliot Shore Parts. I will. Whatever you want to call him, I don't know. But <laughs> I know what I want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I I don't. It's it's like you know that that's gonna fire people up. And, you know, I had a guy the other day because I, I tweeted out about um, Jamon Brown taking the picture. And someone was like, oh, like, you're trying to be like him. You're, you're getting clickbait. I'm like, there's nothing to click. It was a tweet. Like, I just don't think it's a look. That's it. Like, not, not every tweet has to be a cool hot take. But the problem is when guys are hot take artists, like, that's what they do. And it's like, let me take the one thing that I know for Carson Wentz fumbles. That's going to be a lightning rod topic. The loss. Who to blame it on? Like. That wasn't on Carson Wentz. Shut up. Like, that's on Doug. That's on – I mean, you guys know. You watch the game. So, it's like at that point, that's what I mean. You're trying too hard to be a contrarian, and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not It's not organic at all. Yeah. It's not. I'm too sensitive. Like, I, I, I couldn't handle, like, the entire internet – all of Eagles Twitter, like, out for my blood. Like, that would, oh, like – that would, like <laughs> – that would kill me. <laughs> the Eagles Twitter had vengeance for me. You know, I don't want that. I'm, I'm, with trying to, I'm trying to watch some football and have a good time here, you know? Right. I, don't, I don't need people dissing my family. Yeah, I, I'm, I I'm think... Jamie. Like, I'm way too sensitive with that. Where, <laughs> you know, Both of saying... you are full of shit right now, <laughs> no, but like, it's I, okay. I like it. I like I'll, it. I'll put it this way. Like, when I sign on a Twitter, if I see 20, notif 20 plus notifications, I'm like, oh, shit, what dumb thing did I say? <laughs> what am I getting raked over the coals for? And then, thank God, it's like one dude who just constantly tweets us, and I'm like, oh, all right, it's just him. It's just what a psycho. It, speaking <laughs> speaking of Doug, let, let me get y'all because now like y'all know the only time I, I really call in is when Doug is the topic because that's my guy. I don't care. Doug can Doug can take my wife and I'll be like, honey, listen, he won a Super Bowl. Your sacrifice will not go unnoticed. Crush but it. um <laughs> damn right. But um <laughs> In your honest opinion, because now I, I could get you guys uh, to talk about it for more than two minutes. Uh, why does somebody like Doug get a hard time, but somebody like a Schwartz, a Brett Brown, other mediocre average coaches get so much leeway with the media? Why is that? 
Uh, I think with Doug, he's got like the Charlie Manuel thing going on where you kind of think he's a little bit like he comes off kind of doofusy, uh, like mm-hmm. a little country You're bumpkin. making up all types of words today. Yeah. Um, so I think him and Charlie are kind of like fair comparisons. Like, I mean, people shit on Charlie when he was first here. I remember uh, people started a when will he get fired pool. And, and this and that. And next thing you know, he's won a title and he's Uncle Charlie and people love him. Like, I think Doug kind of comes off that same way, like like a little bit of a country bumpkin type. And I don't know. It's weird. You would think, like, after a Super Bowl, I would have thought five years unquestioned. Um, but people are people really start to doubt him three, three years later. And it's... I shouldn't surprise me, but it does. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And then Brett comes off like, you know, super personable, nice guy. And I think people defend him a little bit. And, um, you know, it's weird. People have the type that they like. Like AV is like, oh, that guy's a hard ass. He's Philly. Yeah. So I think people just kind of judge books by their cover when it comes to coaches. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when, when, when Doug got hired, the comparison with Charlie Manuel, so I mean, it's, golly jucks she you know uh, oh gosh it went great and you're like who who first of all nobody interviewed him right off the bat so you're like how good can this guy be he comes from the andy reed coaching tree so you're like great we're gonna retread so all of that combined and then his first press conference wasn't good look let's be real doug peterson's press conferences are brutal to listen to he's not a good <laughs> yes. all right He's no. of ums uh repeated words look i know i can't <laughs> They're, yeah, they're brutal, all right? So he doesn't sound like a smart guy. And I think so many people are scared to be wrong when it comes to sports, like, just sports opinions, right? So if you came mm-hmm. out so steadfast against Doug at first, in the back of your mind, there's a little party that still wants to be right. And when he wins a Super Bowl, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm cool because he won a Super Bowl and I'm wrong. But the first chink in the armor, you're like, oh, see, I was right. And there's way too many people that would rather be right than have their team succeed. And for me personally, I wanted Chip Kelly. I could not have been – I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Chip Kelly was a disaster. Like, mm. he was brutal, okay? So when what? Chip, I know. It's surprising. So when Chip Kelly got fired and that thing whole blew up, I was like, I need to look myself in the mirror and be like, all right, well, how can you judge Doug Peterson? Even though he doesn't look the part, how can you judge Doug Peterson when you were so wrong about Chip Kelly? And – I, I even made the comparison to Charlie Manuel back then of like, well, everybody wanted Jim Leland. Nobody wanted Charlie Manuel, but that ended up working out. So let's give the guy time. With Brett Brown, I think it was so many people wanted Brett to succeed because of the process. They bought yeah. in the process, but they wanted to see him, the guy that was tasked with leading the process, they wanted to see him win with the process. So it was like, let's give the guy a pass. Let's keep backing up the goalpost. I hated it myself. Like, I've been calling for Brett Brown's job for a year straight. But there were the excuses of, that and what Jamie said, like he's a personable guy, you know, he, he's the exact opposite of Doug. He comes on and the kid is a baller. I mean, it's like that we soak that up in the media. This guy's great. Not only that, he'll come on the radio shows and, you know, it's like hard to hate a guy when they're coming on your show. So all of that combined, um, AV, as, as Jamie said, like everyone loves him now, but if you get three or four years in the playoffs and he doesn't start winning, all of a sudden people are going to turn on him. So there's a honeymoon phase with him. Doug Peterson, unfortunately, is the head coach of the most popular team in, in, this, in the city right now. He gets a lot of blame. Um, he's not perfect. No coach is. But, yeah, I mean, you said it best, Prince. Jim Schwartz should get a lot of this hate. Jim Schwartz is trash. 
Jim Schwartz has been fired a year ago. Jim Schwartz will have three straight games where the defense gets shredded. He'll have one good game against a good team where the defense plays well, and we're like, oh, okay, he's all right, and he gets a pass. But Jim Schwartz is awful, man. I can't wait till he's not receiving a paycheck. I'm done with him. He can flat-out kick rocks. Like, I'm done with Jim Schwartz. So I'm with you. I'm a Doug P guy. Jim Schwartz sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, for people like, you know, me and Bob, me and Bob Cooney, we always go at it about Doug because my thing is I watch Bob defend Brett Brown. So I'm like, dude, like, at you got to stop this who's good, who's great. It's all subjective. But I don't know if it's the way Doug comes off. Like, when he said the other day that he's come out with games that they won and he hasn't seen anything that Doug has done to impact the game. Let me tell you something. We've all been Eagles fans for over 20-plus years. We've seen Eagles teams pack it in. We've seen Eagles team not show up. We've seen Eagles team. How many times under the read, Joe Webb games, every game, we're like, oh, we should kill him. And we don't. With the, these past two weeks with the Steelers and the Ravens, we had no business being in that game. They could have left after the first quarter. But you know what I see with these teams under Doug? You can't leave the television. You can't turn the game off and be like, that's over. I'll, st- I'll start fresh tomorrow. Because they believe they, they will run through a brick wall for this guy. Yeah, they will. And that means something. If you're going to big up the Tomlins of the world, people that clap and don't, Call plays. Okay, Doug's not McZay. He's not Sean Payton. But guess what? Sean Payton has won, and all his teams have underachieved. Doug, with with the roster that Doug is doing and has in his disposal, he should not be in any of these games. Like, period. So when people go at Doug and they say that, you know, He's not smart, or I don't think he's a good in-game strategist and stuff like that. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Because McVay's a good in-game strategist. So is Peyton. But in the playoffs, they kick rocks. (laughs) Yeah. And real quick. Many tiers to coaching, you know, and that's that's a major tier is having your guys, you know, look, they got to execute, you know, like – I used to say the same thing about Brett Brown with Ben Simmons. I'm like, I, I I don't know what else the guy can do. Like this is this is on Ben. At some point, like you know, John Hightower's got to catch that ball, and it changes the entire course of the game. So like, Doug had them in positions that they shouldn't have been, and you know, some of this is on the players. Like I I try to look at everything um, as fairly as I can, and you know, like that wasn't. The two-point conversion thing was ridiculous. Uh, the conversation afterwards about it because it was the right decision. Um, mm-hmm. It was. I'm with Jamie. Um, but, like, you know, players got to make plays. And Ben Simmons has to shoot. And John T- Hightower has to catch that. That wasn't because of coaching. Yeah. I, I'm I, glad. Oh, go ahead, Pat. Well, and I think, real quick, just to defend Bob a little bit, because he, he has always said, like, his Doug's guys play hard for him. That's the one thing you can't take away. And it makes sense, right? He's mm-hmm. He's a former player, oh, yes. and he like you can crap on his his NFL career all you want. Like he's been in locker rooms, he knows what guys want, and especially for guys like Fletcher Cox that were there before, 
during the Chip Kelly era, they're sitting there telling the younger players, like, yo, if you think this is bad, it can always be worse. Like, he's actually got our back. So, you see guys that are willing to fight. But it is it says something where, you know, we're, very, we're a very reactionary fan base, right? And we know the facts. The facts are laid out in front of us. But that doesn't stop us from reacting to what we're seeing and ignoring the facts sometimes. So, for example, they had no business being in the Ravens game. Everyone at the station picked the Ravens to win. Most fans picked the Ravens to win, right? We're watching mm-hmm. that game. They're down 18 in the third quarter, and you're like, all right, we, we'll probably pack it in. I can go watch Netflix at this point. They start clawing back. They get back in the game. And then we're pissed off when they don't win. But when you take a step back and you go, hold the phone, they're down to their fourth-string right tackle. You know, I mean, like, you guys know the injuries. And you mm-hmm. go, like, the fact that they're in that game says something. So we know the facts, right? We know the fact that they're so ravaged by injuries. The fact that they're in these games is truly a, a testament to Doug's coaching ability. Look, I said it earlier. He's not perfect. He's, he's No coach is. He's going to have his faults. That two-point conversion call was dog shit. It was trash. But he, he called some, some plays in there that obviously got them back into it. So, you know, look, he's got his faults. But, yeah, his, his ability to get these guys to play for him is probably his biggest strength as a coach. And you brought up the Sixers, so I want to talk about them, give them some love. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, Brett was a great, he was a nice guy, whatever. But Doc fucking Rivers, are you yeah, kidding I'm me? I'm pumped. I I was in a real low place after this season, and he was he was a shot of uh, revitalization. Um, I'm not, you know, thinking they're going to contend for the title this year, but I love the fact that he's here. The accountability he'll bring, the respect he'll he'll garner. I I think they hit an absolute home run with the hire. You know, like the the three one series lead thing. Yeah, you know, whatever. It was the best hire they could make on paper. Um, and we'll see. But like, same thing. Ben Simmons has got to do what Ben Simmons has to do. Doc Rivers can only hope get to get that out of him. But you know, it's on Ben at some point. Um. So we'll see. It's on Joel, just the same, and it's on Al and Tobias. But Doc Rivers is a phenomenal hire. Yeah, I want to talk Al about who exactly Al who. I want to talk <laughs> real quick about the the low point that Jamie said that he was he was in when after the season he he would I would walk in the studio and he would just be silently weeping to himself, <laughs> listening to Adele over and over, and I was troubled for my friend. I'm like Jamie, are you okay? And he's like, I just Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin. He would mutter to himself, built for the playoffs, over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly leave the room. But, no, in all seriousness, if, if you haven't watched it yet on Netflix, they have – what, Jamie, do you, do you remember what the, sh- the name of the show is? Like, uh, like, yeah, what the hell is the name? I think it's The Playbook. Um, Something like that, yeah. They go through different coaches. Doc Rivers is the first episode, and I watched it the night that uh, they interviewed Doc. The, the news came out, and I was like, all right, you know, I, I, I think I have my view of Doc, but let me get a, a, a better view. And I came away with it very impressed. And, and you take a look at that, and the podcast, the Sterling the Sterling Tapes, uh, 30 for 30 podcast, where they go into the mm-hmm. tapes. How Doc Rivers handled that, how he handled the locker room, how superstars respond to him, it's something this team desperately needs. Because what was troubling to me was when Brett Brown came out, I don't know, November and last year. And he goes, tell whoever, tell his agent, tell his friends, tell his family, I want him shooting a three game and, and eight free throws. And I sat back and went, hold the phone. So you've probably had that conversation with him already privately, and he's not doing it. And then on top of it, 
Now you're going to the media begging them. Like, that's a horrible look. And at that mm-hmm. point, I said, okay, they've tuned them out. They need a leader. They need somebody who's been there, done that. And when, when you come in and, and to a meeting with Doc Rivers and you see a championship ring, you probably take notice. And Brett Brown, you see an NBL championship ring that you don't give a rat's ass about. So The Koala League? <laughs> yeah, the, the National Basketball League, whatever. Or the, yeah, whatever. So he, he's, he's the leader that they need, the guy that get them over the hump. And the reality is when they hired Brett Brown, this was kind of the plan, right? It was – Brett Brown's the guy that gets you to the guy. He's a nice guy. He's a developmental coach, but he's the guy that gets you to the guy. Now we're at the guy. And let's see what happens with this team that clearly Brett Brown had no idea what the hell he was doing when he was actually given talent. Yeah, no more excuses, no more bullshit. It's, you know, that's what Doc is. The buck stops here. With Ben, this is my thing with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is legit, like, on 2K, like, I'm averaging, like, 30, 10, and 12 with the guy. <laughs> I legit believe that he's a six foot 10 13-year-old that legit is embarrassed if he doesn't look good. Like, he's one of those his, – his mentor is LeBron, who is the ultimate stat stuffer, in my opinion. So, you've seen it. If he's doing good stat-wise, he's, he's aggressive. But if he missed those first three or four – He's like, nah, my percentage. Like, I think him making all-star games have really messed him up. Because you've seen that infamous – you could put that up there with the practice uh, rant, but I'm an all-star. Yeah. Hey, Ben, you're hurting your team, but I'm an all-star, though. And he had to come back out and and set the record straight because he came off very, very bad. Like, so you're only looking out for you? I just told you you're hurting the team, but you're saying, but I'm an all-star. Yeah, and I that think goes, right. that's, that's, that's why I think that, like you said, Jamie, it has to be on Ben. He has to look in the mirror. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I said a while ago, I, I, you know, when he was not even attempting three-pointers, not that he's attempting them with any sort of regularity, that he was afraid of not looking cool. Like, I, yeah. I almost think it's like the social media effect. Um, the and, you know, yep. These two pipes and how quickly everything trends and – you know, bleacher reports and all this stuff, like he knows and it's on his mind. If he airballs a shot, you know, there he is. Boom, barstool, bleacher report, hoops hype, you know, NBA rumors, all these sites are running with it. So I think that does affect him. Um, the hope. Well, keep, keep in mind, too, he, he saw what Markel Fultz went through. Yeah. And, the, and just the, the, the internet torching that guy, trying to come back from the yips, whatever the hell it was. He's like shit. Like at this point, I haven't shot for three years. Like that. That's very. That's gonna be me if I if I start shooting. He he needs he needs the Jimmy Butler mentality. Honestly, like he needs that. I don't give a. Don't fuck. don't say that name. No, but he, but he does. no Pat. He no, to just to just shoot it up. <laughs> to just shoot it up. He needs Jimmy Buckets. If you don't want Jimmy Butler, he needs the Patrick Beverly mentality. He needs the Draymond Green yes. mentality. The, yes. the, the 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 just the I don't care. If this is bad for my look, it's it's what's best for the team. Like I, I'm 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 the shit, and I don't I'm agree. I'm a Jamie. Like this guy has been treated like he is a Hall of Famer since he was nine. But we do forget athletes are people; they have insecurities. And clearly, it's like he him coming out of LSU, he's perfect, right? Five tool, next match at Johnson. But then all of a sudden, it's like wait a minute, he doesn't have a jump shot. 
And that starts to grow louder and louder and louder. And he thinks it'll go away by making all-star games, just like you said. And it doesn't. No. I don't even no. care if he I don't even care if he takes three pointers. Fuck the three pointers. I want the guy just to up up his free throw percentage. Because if he up his free throw percentage, it's gonna help his team dramatically. But I want him to dunk the fucking ball. Stop this pure wet 360 layup shit. You're six yes. ten. You're an animal. Dunk the guy. How many bunnies have, have do you Mark Zumoff? God bless him. I love him. You can hear the disappointment in his voice when he misses a bunny. He's yeah. like, yeah, and he misses a bunny. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, Ben, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> dunk the ball. Yeah, I I don't need three pointers. I need six to eight points a game more. Like, I need 24, 25 points a game. And it's a shame because I think going to the free throw line affects him attacking the rim. So, like, I want him to have that Giannis just, like, I'll dunk on your soul gene. And I think in the back of his mind he doesn't want to go to the free throw line because, again, he's shooting 65%. And I'm fat, middle-aged, living in my parents' basement, and I can go shoot 65%. No, you can't. No, you can't. I could hit six and a half. No, you can't. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right, episode I can do it in an NBA arena, but an empty Ballot-Kinwood parking lot, you're on. Um, so, you know, I, I, yeah, I just want more points out of him. I, I don't care about the three-pointer that much. Right. I right. want a little bit of a mid-range game and then just, just score more like a man. Like, just start dunking on people's souls. I, I think too, I, I really do think he works on it. I think it's just when, yeah. when the game takes over, it's it's just it's a mental block for him. I mean, it's I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism in this city because he was anointed as like the second coming. And, you know, it's like that roller coaster effect, like Ryan Howard, right? He wins rookie of the year MVP, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, he strikes out too much. And I think with Ben, it's like he's all rookie of the year and then the all-star, and then wait a minute, we're not winning and He's got to be the one to blame. And it's kind of like the Doug Peterson and Brett Brown thing. Like the personable one of those two is obviously Brett Brown, right? The personable one of Doug of um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is Joel Embiid. So you love Joel Embiid, even though the city is getting tired of him a little bit. But with Ben Simmons, he's not that personable, right? He's not fun. I mean, he's not great for quotes. Like he's just let's, he's a robot. So let's do Philly conspiracy then. Because you got a lot of people out there that says they don't think he wants to be here. Yeah, I don't believe that. What do y'all think? Uh, I think there's a very strong chance he's gone after this, uh, you know, ex- rookie extended contract is up. I mean, he's got an eye for L.A., you know. I mean, they all do. It sucks. Um, you know. He got an eye for uh, Kardashian snatch. That's what he got an eye for. Yeah, but who can blame? Like, that's what I mean. He, he he deals with so much unfair criticism. Like, oh, look, he's on Instagram with, with, with Kendall Jenner. Bitch, if I could be on Instagram with Kendall Jenner, you don't think I would? Screw this job. No. If Kendall Jenner calls me and says, Pat, I want to hang out. I'm not sitting there going, sorry, baby. I got work tomorrow. I'm calling out sick. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, part of, that's part of the unfair criticism that he gets. Um I share the same fear that Jamie does, though. Uh, I think he wants to be here. I don't think he's in, you know, a, a crappy city. You know, he's not in Utah. No. 
But the fact is, he has a rat. Shout out to Utah. Yeah. Shout out to the Mormons out there and, 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 and the 15 wives that they have. But, you know, let's be real. He has a rat as an agent in Rich Paul who controls the NBA. If, if You know, he gets his guys together, and that's one of his dudes is Ben Simmons. And a rat or a good agent? I think he's a rat. I mean, he, just he gets his players once. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a good. Is anybody not? Is anybody not uncomfortable that he pretty much is running an agency that's pretty much streamlined by the most important player yeah. in the yeah. last twenty-five years? How does that work? How does nobody not be like? Because. Uh, uh. Because it's LeBron. Good. He, he, they need him. You know, it's just like they keep him happy because they're dependent on him. He, he is the NBA. Look, I, I, I mean, I don't like, I don't like Rich Paul, but I respect him. I respect the job he's done. I just that's cool. I mean, I, but I don't like the guy because I think he meddles way too much, and I think it's like it's what Jamie said. Like, if you get a superstar, immediately the fear in my mind after the 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 initial extension of the rookie deal is a given, right? It's yeah. the deal after mm-hmm. that that you start to worry about. And when Ben Simmons signed his rookie extension, I was like, all right, cool. But how long are we really going to have him? Like, I hope we have him forever. I hope he doesn't go to LA. But the reality is, is what Jamie said. Like they, they all have an eye for LA. They all want to be there. I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, it's LA. Although I will, I will say you probably should watch the movie San Andreas. Like shit gets real there. Okay. It's, it's, not, all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but I I do worry that in three years, if they aren't winning, if he's not happy, he demands a trade. And in the NBA, you don't get equal value for trades. You get trash. So we'll end up with Kyle Kuzma and a first-round pick that ends up being the 27th. Oh, season. don't you disrespect the Kuz. No, um, but like for Ben Simmons? <laughs> Kyle Kuzma? No, I got Simmons? you. But that's why Doc Rivers is important because I think Doc Rivers has the cachet where he could be like, Rich Paul, get your little ass out my, out my <laughs> uh, locker room. Like, what are you doing? Like, kiss the ring, bitch. Like, I got one, too. Like, you want Ben? Like, Ben being in L.A. ain't going to make easy money. Like, he got to actually be good. He can't just go to L.A. Like, you got So, when you go to L.A., how how long? So, if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm like, hey, you want him to be good when he goes to L.A.? If he goes to L.A., well, then back off and let me let me do what I do. So, that's why I think Doc Rivers is great for... This uh, this franchise. I think Elton Brand played it lovely. Like he didn't jump at Lou, or um, I don't know if he did. Then it's like you know you date one girl, then another girl with a fat ass walks by, and you're like, hold that, hold that, hold that. I don't know. So I don't know if he. I never. I don't know about that at all. Yeah. Okay, married man. Anyway. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Okay. Let's have some fun. Like enough of that sports shit. Um, they didn't, they didn't get, they didn't, they're not tuning in to hear y'all talk about sports. Um, uh, the morning show I already, if y'all didn't know, it's already my favorite thing, but like what Jamie said, I've learned this a long time ago. And I think Jamie actually told me this one time because it was, somebody was going on about how you do something to get callers. And I remember Jamie was like, actually, no ratings are down when callers are on. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So with that in mind, what makes a rat bastard, a rat miserable bastard, a punchable voice face 
like Mike from the KOP to think that he actually fucking matters. Oh, yeah, by the way, he calls multiple shows like right. a douche. Like, what? Like, y'all could be talking about hot dogs and women with big titties. He would call up and he'll be like, you know who doesn't have big titties? Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman won't draft a woman with big titties. Well, like, that's a fact. Like... That's a fact, though, Blue. <laughs> He doesn't have big titties. That's a fact. <laughs> He's a little like, man. He's a little like, uh... but um, like, I get it. But like, what can you do when you get callers like that that think they're vital to the show in their own minds? Like, how? How? <laughs> uh, shit. You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Go have out it. Ben. Um, so from my perspective, like, I I love Mike. Um, fuck he- Mike. <laughs> I mean, that's one person's opinion. Um, no, that's everybody's opinion. Check Twitter. No, I, check I, the I try, analytics. I try not Fuck to. Fuck Mike. There's some dude on there you? calling me trash, so I try not to check Twitter. But uh, <laughs> Mike, you know, it's funny because he he he's one of the few, though, I will say, that gets it. Like, he embraces the miserable. He does. He embraces it. But He I, doesn't work for y'all. I know he doesn't. I what know. is he embracing? Embrace your wife. Embrace your girl. Embrace your dick. Do something. Don't embrace the morning show. They don't pay you, Mike. Um, with him, it's it's a little different. I agree. Like he calls up and it's embrace same. your dick. Sounds like a good album name. Yeah, it does. Embrace <laughs> your dick. Oh, uh, that might be my takeaway of the day tomorrow. <laughs> I think at times, and I'm not naming names, but I think at times you have callers that. They go to work and they come up with a trash opinion. And I actually agree with Mike on Howie Roseman. <laughs> I don't think Howie Roseman's good, but they go to work, they come up with a trash opinion, <laughs> and you know the guy. Like he walks into work, he doesn't know dick about sports. He starts telling you about the Eagles game, not not conversing with you, but literally talking to you and at you about the Eagles game, uh, giving you an opinion you don't you don't care about, and you're like, dude, what are you talking about? You're so wrong. So what does he do? Picks up the phone calls up sports radio and it's not to have a conversation with us it's to get uh an okay on his take right it's to get a a thumbs up and a you're right and when they don't here's his thumbs up right here that's his thumbs up right here when they don't when they don't they call up the next show and the next and they keep going down the line until finally (laughs) they get a host that is or that's either not listening to him or that agrees with him and, and it's finally like, yeah, okay, that's not the worst take I've ever heard. So that he can go back in the office the next day and go, hey, you know who agreed with me? Uh, Phil from Mount Airy. Like, I, I mean, just, I'm coming up with a name, but. But Whoa. I, try to, think of, I, I try to think of a throwback. Brian Sartari. Well, All right, Brian You Sartari. might as well say Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a problem that we get a lot of times. And you can kind of, you can kind of tell immediately when you go, holy shit, how do you think like this? Like, what are you talking about? Um, you just kind of got to let them have their two minutes, and you can either call them an idiot. That's what some people do. You can say, I don't know. No, I want to. No, I want to, like, like, go ahead, Jamie. You you like, want to fire. I want to, I want to, man, listen. It's, it's, I got five people on my list. I'm going to go over that, but go ahead, Jamie. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I find people with very bad opinions, like Mike often has, um, comical. They make me they make me feel better about myself just being a rational <laughs> human being. So 
So I, I look at him as like a confidence booster for me. I'm like, well, I'm not that, so that's cool. So it's selfish. Yeah, I like bad callers. I, I, I mean, I look, and I know I'm in the minority, but I, I like the guy. Like he called. Yeah, up he's a good day. dude. I've met him. Yeah, like he's, and that's the thing. A lot of the callers that drive people nuts that are our regular callers, like once you meet these people, they're actually good. No, people. no, no. <laughs> No, no. You need to get no. Mike and King of Prussia on the show next week. That's what we need. He went, He blocked me because he a bitch. That's what he did. He blocked me. I was like, hey, Mike, come on and explain why you say the dumb shit that you do. Block. He's like, like he has like three fans. It's you. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Pork Roll told me to tell you hi, Jamie. What's up, Victoria? <laughs> that's another fan. So that's two fans of Mike from the KOP. I got the Mike motherfucker and has. I got I got the Mike and KOP fat head. He has dark charisma. You know who else had dark charisma? David Koresh. So listen, I'm telling you, like people like that, you got to be leery of when they just people just like him. And you're like, but he's a piece of shit. Like how can you like this guy? But I get it. Okay, my second person. I think we all know who I'm talking about. The guy who's had like 80 jobs in two months, and he has the Jimmy Butler approach that nobody works harder than him. That's Aton Shander, a.k.a. Aton Scammer, a.k.a. the ball tender stalker, whatever you want to call him. Like, at <laughs> first, when, when I first um listened to that guy, I was like, okay, man, he's like, he's different. I like it. Then I started listening to him a little more, and I was like, man, this guy's a fucking scumbag. So with that said, when you work with somebody like that, like, how often do you want to, like, march into the office and be like, okay, I have a family, so I can't say it's either him or me. But when you work with somebody like that, how do you get by? Drinks, heroin, snacks, what? What's in the studio that when he's on with you, you're like, only three hours with a time. Okay, Skittles. let's go. Skittles, a whole pack of Skittles. No, um, I, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for Jamie personally. I loved working with a time. Oh my I god, did, I know. you just I love know. working with everybody. He's he's gonna Prince is gonna mute my mic. Um, a time was one of the most talented hosts we've had in terms of his ability. <laughs> Uh, his ability to find these random side topics i'm so weird his ability to find these random side topics and make it a, a, a like a full-time topic was something that i admired because i think at times we get look i mean four four straight hours of nothing but sports 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 sports, sports to me is tough it's a tough listen and for his show, they always moved. Now, he was very polarizing, though. Like, people like you hated him. People like me, I loved him. Um, I can honestly say there's maybe two people I've worked with in this industry that I did not like. There are people that I didn't like their show, but I liked them as a person. I'm not naming names because I have a family, as you said. But with Aton, man, I loved working with that guy. There have been people where I flat out went in the office and been like, hey, can you can you just not put me on that show, please? Like... <laughs> It's just, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth the. Can you just switch me off? There definitely have been. Now, Jamie's different because Jamie came in, right? He was handpicked from the Lord and Savior himself, Anthony Gargano. 
All right, Anthony found him balling out at, at, a, at a South Philly rec league and was like, there's, there's my primo right there. So he's different. <laughs> he's always had a show. He's been on that show. Me, I've bounced around to every role at the station pretty much, and I've pretty much produced everybody here. But with, with Aton, I loved him. Um, I think he was insanely talented. Uh, I miss him. I miss his laugh. <laughs> I miss his musk. You know? <laughs> I mean, hell. I invited him to pancake breakfast. He didn't he didn't show up. Uh he went yachting. This fucking guy. <laughs> Vote for Pat, mayor of Philadelphia, 2024. Like, what the hell was that? Shit, I can't be worse I... than our current mayor. But um yeah, no, I there to answer in a long-winded way to answer your question, there have been people where I've been like, yo, can you just not can you I don't really like I don't enjoy my life. There was one guy, I'll tell you right now, I'm not naming names. And I and this is a prime example. I liked him as a person, but he would ruin two days of my life because I would produce him at night. And it would ruin the day before because I would start thinking about how I had to, had to produce the show. How I hated it. So I would start thinking about it on, on, on the day before, and I'd be like, man, you're like, get, get him out of your head. But then he'd be more, he'd, he lived rent free in this thing. And then the day of, I was miserable because I was counting down the hours till I had to go in and listen to what I thought was a horrible show. But I loved the dude. And I finally, I just, I went to my boss and was like, yo, it's either him or me. And, um, and, and I'm still here. No, uh, I just got moved to the, a different show. But yeah, there have been people like that. Jamie, uh, yeah, like I, I'm different in that I've kind of like from Pat. I'm, se- I've been on a steady show, so I haven't worked with as many people. Um, I don't get the the variety grab bag as much. Um, oh. What's that like? You don't well, want to know. The variety. <laughs> you don't want to know. We don't even the have variety a grab bag. You don't want to know. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there's uh, there's only, uh, you know, like same thing like Pat, like one or two people in this industry that genuinely I, I wish would step on shards of glass. Um, and he's he's not one of them. But um, I got know, you. it's I'll just take the they take the high road a little bit. I'll tell you right now. Jamie is Jamie's one of the people that I, I do not like working with. <laughs> like, I want to physically assault him, but I'm too short to do so because he's tall. But um, he's one that I don't like <laughs> at all. Um, he's tall and his nipples are always hard for some reason. That's the thing. Like, I if, I, if, I, if, I, if I run at him, I get poked in the eye. <laughs> but that's just, you know, like I said, it's um, I have my own beefs with certain amount of people um but my whole issue with the media in general and i guess i gotta count myself as one of them bastards now but i like when it's genuine and i like when you're organic and i don't like when you base your popularity or your takes on like for instance like shander would be like well i have twelve thousand followers and i'll be like okay David Koresh had followers. Marilyn Manson had followers. Like, just because you have followers doesn't mean your takes are correct or your opinions are correct or that you're that you're some type of hardworking messiah. My thing is, let other people tell you how great you are. Like, you don't have to tell 
people that you work hard. You don't have to tell people oh, that you grind. Like, I know Pat grinds. I know Jamie grinds. Like, I know, like, when you leave here, you guys probably have to get some sleep. Fucking Pat's still in the goddamn studio. Yeah, what so the fuck I know. These YouTube videos Devon. don't make He loves sound, Devon's dude. voice. That's what he He <laughs> loves Devon's voice. We all love Devon's voice. The velvet sounds of Devon giving. That's one of my biggest, so one of my I, biggest pet peeves. Uh, sorry, real quick, is just people telling people how hard they work. Like, right, I, I work seven days a week for seven, eight years in this industry, grinding, flying back and forth. Nobody wants to hear how hard you work. Shut the fuck up. Nobody nope. cares. There's, there's no bigger for us as producers, um, and I'm talking for all like the part time guys too. There's no bigger compliment than when a caller calls up and they go, Jesus, do you never leave? And it's like, I would like to leave. You're correct. But, (laughs) you know, you were acknowledging the fact that you heard me this morning. You're hearing me at night. You're hearing me doing this game. And yeah, like it's it's a nice tip of the cap of. Yeah, I would I would like to go see my my child one day. Um and you know at this point when he sees me he just says what's up Pat like he doesn't even say dad. And that hurts. <laughs> and I'm doing it for him and he doesn't realize that. But yeah, it's it's like there are people in this industry that work and I'm not naming names but they work really hard on telling the, the hardest thing they do is working hard on telling you how hard they work. Yeah. And when you sit back yeah. you go yeah, what you actually do is not hard work. And I will say, I spend a lot of hours doing this, but I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm not curing cancer. I'm not digging ditches. You know, I'm very lucky in the sense of we do what we do, right? Like we do have a dream job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a bad day for uh, my wife is like some kid, because she's a teacher, some kid got beat by their by their parent. A bad day for a nurse or a doctor, someone died. A bad day for me and Jamie is we had an egregiously bad typo on a tweet. That's about it. Like, that's our bad day. So, um, you know, we take the good with the bad. But, yeah, it, it's like you have some people that are like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And like, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. But please stop telling me how hard you work. I, I can recognize that with all the things. By the way, the guy that you're talking about does work insanely hard. Like, it's, it's, he's not one of the people where I go, the hardest thing that you do is working hard. He does work mm-hmm. hard. There are other people in this industry, though, that's like, please shut the hell up. Like, you you don't even know what hard work is. It, it's, it's so frustrating for guys that actually do work hard to have to hear it over and over again because it seems like those are the people that constantly are getting opportunities. So maybe maybe mm-hmm. we should start doing it, though. I work very yeah. hard. <laughs> y'all, y'all do work hard. I just tell everybody y'all work hard. Um, we. Like, if you're trying to get into, like, what's one of the advice that you would give somebody if they were trying to break into the business? Would you even recommend somebody to get in the business, like somebody like myself? Or would if you're a loose cannon like myself, would you recommend, no, just stay doing what you're doing independently because you'll probably get fired within 10 minutes? (laughs) Uh, I have have some jealousy with some of the uh, independent uh, aspects uh, of today's world because being your own boss is pretty cool. Um, so there is like a jealousy there. As far as people get into it, I, I, I would recommend it, but with a very big warning label on it. Like it, it took me a long time and working four jobs and bartending on the side and, you know, uh, you know, working. Tall ass bartender. Yeah. <laughs> 
so you know, up until the fanatic, I was I was working four jobs. I was engineering a radio show. I was working NBC Sunday Night Football. I was bartending. I was radio producing. So like, it's a grind. Um, you know, Pat's been at it a long time too. So it's not it's not easy. It it, it weeds you out pretty quick if you're not committed to it. Um, so it's a it's a battle of perseverance. But you know, I, I love going to work every day. So. To me, it's worth it. I've gotten to a point where, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy and, and hard work's paying off. And, you know, I, I would tell people, yes, if you're passionate about it, do it. But know that you're going to have to supplement your income. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to work weird hours. You're going to have to do, say yes to everything for a while. Um, you know, it, it's it's not it's not easy, uh, but it but it's great once you're in it. Yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback off a lot of what Jamie said, um, the unfortunate reality is the fun jobs usually don't pay well at first. And, uh, you know, we had a guy here who, who went to school for it and had saved money, had supplemented his income for the possibility of like, I'm not going to make a lot of money my first year. Eventually it just became too much. And he had to go get like, quote, a real job, like an adult job. And for a lot of us, when we start out, you're not making a lot of money. When I say you're not making, like, I, I cringe when I see every once in a while on Twitter, these pretentious media members who tweet out their first salary back from 1980 and they, and they're like, look how small it is. I'm like, bitch, I'm not even making that now in 2020. So you have to have a good support system for sure. If you don't, you're probably not going to make it and you're going to have to probably have another job. You know, Jamie was doing bartending um, until the pandemic. I was doing Quizzo every Wednesday. Um, luckily my YouTube channels monetized. Uh, I'm still selling magnets on eBay. Shout out to everyone who bought one of those. So, yeah, yeah, still selling them. Five bucks, two for sure. I don't know when to take your ass seriously, and I'm usually good at that. Like, like magnets? Oh, yeah. God damn it. Five dollars, two for shipping. Um, real quick, real quick. How long How long do I have you guys? It's uh, I got it. It's bedtime. Okay. Well, I got a special guest for you guys. Um. Oh. You're gonna like this. Uh, he he wanted he requested to come on and talk to you guys. And let's be honest, I mean, there's John Wick and Mason Storm, and then there's him. So I couldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro! What an intro, man! Yo, Prince, thank you for the invite. And he's absolutely right. Prince knows I love showing him on his podcast. When I seen that y'all two were coming on, I said I have to get on, even just for a minute. Jamie and Pat are my guys. What's up, fellas? What the hell is up? What's up, KM? How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I, it, wow, Mason Storm, John Wick, and me. Like, let's listen, go. Listen, That's high listen. praise, man. That's high praise. Well deserved. Well deserved, too. Karate Yo, Mark man. Is, Karate Mark, real quick, is one of the callers there, and, and like Blue, you're one of them. Mike and KOP's one too. Where? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where I, I know one person that likes that dude, so this better be good. No, nah, one of the callers that Egan's Mike and KOP fan club. I know. Uh, I'm the one. I'm leading the charge. But where I actually get excited when I answer that call, and I'm like, "What's your name?" And it's like Prince or Karate Mark. Or Mike, <laughs> but <laughs> there he goes again. I want to see the record for making Prince just get up and leave. But yeah, man, I, I love talking to Mark, man. He's a great dude. Oh, my man. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Jamie. Pat, 
I'm going to ask you nobody that you guys don't like. Who are your favorite personal callers? Like favorite meaning you want to sit down and have a beer or something with that person. And who is the overall best caller? Ooh. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Um, and this goes this goes back to your guys starting, like your internships, everything. Yeah, yeah. best caller all time. I my, got mine easy. My on favorite, our- favorite caller, hands down, was this guy called Boston Hater Matt. We used to have, <laughs> and, and he's an English girl. And this dude is hilarious. And he would just call up for like four minutes and just talk about what a scumbag Brady was. And how he hates his in-laws, <laughs> and like he would just riff for like three, four minutes. It was the funniest shit ever. He, he married the girl up in New England. Yeah, back, he calls right? like once in a blue moon, and he's just shot out of a cannon with Boston hate. And he's like my favorite all-time caller. He cracks me the hell up. Um, um, man, my all I have beer with is mostly all the people I have. Like uh, you know, KM. I've hung out with you and. I've hung out with Tasty Cake Dom and had a beer. I've hung out with uh, Dustin and Willow Grove. We've played golf together. You know, uh, I, I've met a lot of, uh, of the cool callers and, and had drinks with them. So uh, uh, I want it on record. Jamie has never once hung out with me outside of the station. Um, I've invited him to movie screenings, and he flat out told me I'd rather pay for it than sit it and watch it for free early with you. <laughs> So to hear to hear that he's he's going he's going and having wine tasting with Tasty Cake Dom is good with, with the crimpet that hurts that hurts. Yeah. But, um, he's giving me coffee cakes, Pat. What can I say? I, I can't compete with that. Um, so I think one of the best callers we have, if you ever listen at nights, Lance in Arizona that calls up is one of the most educated. Like, you can just – you can pick up and leave. You can pull what Prince Brew does. Pick up and leave, and two minutes later, you come back, and he's still spitting just facts. Like, he – very well thought out. Like, he's one of the – he's one of the guys who I go could probably do this job on a regular basis because he's one of the few callers that calls up, and I go, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. I didn't think about that. Um, he teaches us things, and we've all kind of talked about it at night about, yeah, he, he's legit. My favorite caller is probably Arthur. Yes. Um, oh, oh so correct. Arthur, Arthur <laughs> the, the John and Sean show when it was on the weekend, right? And I was producing the John and Sean show. He shows up, and I'm thinking he is this giant, big, huge guy, and he is—he's like my size, and he just sounds like this. Correct. Correct. And he <laughs> donuts. And I sat there with this dude, and look. I don't want to speak for him, but he's definitely he definitely knows people that know people that are connected. And I sat down with this dude for an hour and talked to him. And I was he was the most interesting guy I've talked to. Um, so he was cool. As far as like sitting down with people and having a beer, nobody. Um, I don't drink beer. That's trash. If it's a Mountain Dew, if it's a nice Shirley Temple, <laughs> we can talk. But in terms of beer, pick rocks with that. Bring me my Shirley Temple. Bring me my grenadine. By the way, this broadcast is brought to you by Nah. <laughs> this one's for you, Pat. But, but Jamie and Pat, I know you guys got to go. Oh man, like I have no words. I appreciate you guys coming on. I know you got to get ready to entertain us in the morning. And I know Jamie's, you know, 
super dad. He's moving and painting and Pat, oh, you're man. producing and you're listening to Devon. So I don't want to hold you guys up anymore, but I appreciate you guys coming on. Please tell everybody where they can find you and do things to you. I don't know. Just tell them where you're at. <laughs> Uh, uh, what you look like for me. Drop, drop some, drop some social media sites that you guys could get bashed on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter all the time, way too much, as my wife tells me. Uh, at Je Lynch Jr. on there, so I'm pretty active. So I am uh, Bob Cooney seventy six on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm Pat underscore Egan on Twitter. Although I say don't follow me because I tweet too much. Uh, my YouTube channel is. You don't follow me, you bastard. Oh, dude, just send me the link. I'll, I'll subscribe because um, I realize how hard subscribers are. But if you just it's on Twitter, what do you mean send you the link? I oh, follow you. Prince, he no, didn't follow me. Link. I worked with him for like a year and a half before he followed me. Here's the thing. It's hard to get, huh? Here's my thing with, with following on Twitter. When you start asking me, that all of a sudden my like FU mentality goes. And I'm like, no, you'll wait. So like Andrew <laughs> Salchunas has been bugging me to follow him on Twitter since I've met him. I live a block away from them, and I'm like, no, nah, dude, like, you'll wait your turn. So there's a long line of people. It's like getting a pizza, John. It's a long line of people. You're in the queue. You're waiting to get the ticket. Okay. You'll get the All ticket. All right. Don't worry. Hmm. In the meantime. I'm feeling a Pat Egan troll account coming. Go ahead. <laughs> Please, God, don't. I have enough of those. All right. I'm begging you. I have a wife. I have a family. It'll okay, so do I. <laughs> but 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 thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, I pleasure, man. Keep up the um, good work. Thank you, thank you. And I will hear you guys in the morning. Please yeah. don't let the go five minutes without mentioning Doug. I beg of you, please, <laughs> please. Uh, I mean, we can mention Ben Simmons jump shot if you want. I you can mention Tasty Cakes, Dom's Tasty Cakes. I don't care. Just don't say Doug within the first five minutes. I can't promise you that. I know. I was worth a shot. But thank you, <laughs> fellas. Get some sleep. Get out of there. All right. Good hanging. Right. I'm glad I got to see you guys for a minute. You yeah, guys good know you're my favorite. Love you guys. All right. See you, Mark. See you, All right. All right. Peace out. All right. Thank you. Good dudes, man. What's up, man? Oh, what's up, KM? I'm chilling, man. I'm, thank you. Thank you. You know they're my boy. Oh, yeah. I just want to oh, say yeah. what's up to them for a minute. Too easy. Just Those got guys, to work. Man. Living the life, bro. How you doing? I'm sore, man. From what? Fucking sore. Huh? From, From what? what? I don't know. This sadistic-ass ninjutsu sensei who has me in my living room shadow boxing and doing core. Oh, yeah, but by the way, my <laughs> housekeepers are laughing at me like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Funny no, negro. Ha, ha. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But for those who don't know what I'm talking about, KM has been like helping me on my weight loss journey. He's been kicking my ass every Tuesday. And um I appreciate it for him. I love him for it. He's passionate. Like, and he's like just man, I, I have no words like through this whole process. Since this pandemic, I think you're probably honestly like the best thing that's happened to me personally during this pandemic oh. because I don't think I would have met anybody like you, like just out and about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have my I core friends. Six states apart. Yeah. Yeah, was well, that too, you know? And um, 
I just I just feel like that's the one thing about this pandemic where the only thing you have how much have people started to say they were getting sick of social media, then the pandemic happens and that's all you have. That's all social we media. Have. That's all we that's had. all you had to talk to friends, loved ones, um, anybody that you meet new people. Like there was Zoom meetups where, like, you know, hey, here's the link, come in Zoom, and you know, people are talking. So, man, that's cool. But I thank you for coming on, man. And um, I hate that you missed the Sixers talk. We was talking about how good Doc Rivers is for the Sixers and I think where we see them where we see them going forward. So let me get your take on that. I'm definitely bought into it. Uh, I'm bought into it. Um, you know where I stand with coaches in general. Yeah. I yeah. think all sports, the number one priority, the number one job of a coach is to manage personalities and to motivate millionaires to get up every day and work hard. And a, a, a strategic timeout a strategic timeout and let's do this right now because of the flow of the game. I think that happens once to twice a game, maybe not in a game at all, you know, maybe every other game, whatever. But what, what we were missing was not a disciplinarian, not an ass kisser or not an ass kicker, but Brett was everybody's friend. He was everybody's comforter. He was everyone's supporter. And, and when it came time to like reprimand, it's hard to reprimand your homie. It's hard mm. to reprimand someone that you love, you know? And, and I think the connection he had with the team was a very personal, very in between the shoulders connection, which affected up top. Doc Rivers has no personal connection. Doc Rivers can look at Ben and say, get your ass on the floor and shoot the ball or I'm putting you on the bench. Brett can't say that to him. They've been homies since they was a kid. Brett ain't looking up to Joe and saying, get your fat ass in shape. Doc is going to say that to him. And I think if Brett did say them things to Ben or to Joe, that they would just kind of blow him off. Not as a disrespect thing, as a, my respect was never here for you. My respect was always here for you, but my respect was never here. So I think the main thing the Sixers are missing, again, I don't want to use the word disciplinarian, but you know what I'm saying, uh, a structure setter. And I think he's got the knowledge. I think he's got the, the tenure to be a structure setter. And I think he could ball when he played too. Oh, he's a hell of a defender. Yeah, hell of a team guy. He was the and that's leader. What our team's built around our team's supposed to be built around defense. So I like it. I like it a lot. And I think just, I think the attitude is going to be the biggest difference. And again, I'm not saying Brett had a bad attitude. I'm not saying anybody disrespected him. I think everybody loved him. Nobody wanted to break their back for him. I think right. Doc comes in and says, "Break your back for me, or sit your ass on the bench." Mm-hmm. Oh, this is wildness, Brad. yo. Oh my god. We Do you guys hear me? Party oh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Can you but actually also, hear me? That's wild. Are listening. Yeah, I got my man Grass. I got my man Papa up in the house. Uh, and I uh, I said six uh, and their antennas went up. And you know right. I'm all for um people who wanna 
talk Sixers. So um, I'm gonna start with you, Graf. Give me your up, take Graf? on up, Doc Rivers. Yo, KM, it's nice to meet you finally, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I got a terrible connection in here. Give me a second, all right? Uh, you good. Go ahead, Papa. Same question. What do, you, what do you think about uh, Doc Rivers? Uh, I like the hire. My whole thing with that is, and what KM was trying to say is, Doc ain't here to be nobody's friend, right? He cool. He's cool with folks, but he ain't trying to be up here buddy-buddy with nobody. Right. Uh, think about how much of a mercenary doc is. This dude took in a man, helped trade for a man who dissed his daughter while they were dating, just so that just so that he could have a chance to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? This man, this man put traded away his son so that he can get better value, so that he could uh, you know, have a chance for a championship. Thank Doc, you. Doc is cool. That up if you no, man, look, look. Doc is cool, but he puts winning over everything. Uh, I, I'll say this, and then I'll let er, uh, other folks speak. When everyone was talking about the um, social justice stuff that was going on, right, and everyone was praising Doc for that speech, it was a great speech, right? But really, if you were listening to what he was saying, yes, the injustices were bad and what he was talking about, but honestly... He was more concerned about the fact that it was getting away, getting in the way of him coaching to, for him to win a championship. This dude, while, uh, you know, black man first, you know, family man first and all that other stuff, his priority is always going to be winning. And whatever he has to do to win, that is what he's going to do. That's what I see. Uh, Graf, look, um, come on in a little bit. Uh, KM. Um, that's great. Like that, you, that's you a great I, call right there. He traded his son. He sat his son. He didn't start his son. If you're gonna favor right. anybody, it's gonna be your kid. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> look, look. Unless he ain't that good. Unless he ain't that good. In which case, I'm gonna bench him too. But he treated yeah. his son like the player he was. He was right. an average bench player. And right. You're gonna come off the bench if we're up or if we're down. And when I need a trading piece, see you at Thanksgiving, kids. <laughs> Graf, my man. Go ahead, Graf. Uh, I mean, I'm stacked against the doc, about the Doc Rivers move, but at the same time, like, I don't know, man. You hope that he's going to be a motivator of men, but then you got to understand, like, the personality of the men you have on the team. And a lot of these okay. kids act like boys. You. And that's what's I that's like the unfortunate reality, you know. You got a guy like Ben Simmons who's easily one of the top talents in the NBA just based off of an athletic, just overall athletic, uh, what's the word like tier that you want to talk about. And he mm -hmm. can do everything, he can shoot. We watch him shoot, we watch him do all these things, but he doesn't have the mentality for it. Is Doc Rivers going to fix that? I mean, the man can trade his son all he wants, but is he going to be able to tell Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, is he gonna be able to tell Ben Simmons? Like, see this show. He's gonna be like, damn, they keep talking about me. I don't know. He, I, I honestly, like, as a man, I like Doc Rivers. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and as a coach, I have a hell of a lot of respect for him. What he did in Boston, I mean, that's that's a tall task, right? Like, 
You're talking about having to get Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett on the same page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, was he mm-hmm. the head coach or assistant coach back then? He was the head coach. He was the head coach. He had two weeks ago. And I nah, think both of us thought that he was an assistant. No, no he's he was the head, head coach. coach of that squad, bro. And they, I mean, and that's like, you're talking about some of the, like, Kevin Garnett was no, <laughs> was like, Oh, like no calm individual mm. by nah. any means. Like, mm. uh, man, oh, I got, I got to interject. I got to interject, no, man. Go for it. I, I, I catch, I catch so much flack for this uh, Boston stuff. Uh, uh, Prince, no, I'm in CT. I'm in Connecticut, and Word. that's smack dab between New York and Boston markets. And uh, I, I tell you, man, the hype over those Celtics teams oh. it was so overrated. Um, Doc deserves credit for what he did in Boston, but make no mistake, all of that winning, all of it was Kevin Garnett. All of yeah, it. Yeah, because he was a I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with <laughs> yeah. you. We're talking about and I think some people really forget like the big ticket. Like Kevin Garnett in his prime, yeah, yes, he was He's 20, a- 10. And ten, like Duke, like he was, yes. he was just in Minnesota. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you anything yep. else. He was in Minnesota, and he was a six foot ten freak. Like it was like you hadn't seen anything quite like him. He was like, mm-hmm. it was a big man, but he had some guard skills. He could do everything extremely well, and that's include be a leader. It just right. so happens. He was in Minnesota with a shitty organization. But yes. I'm not going to argue with you. Kevin Garnett stirred that drink. He was dirt yes. before there was dirt. And he was the, yes. the, right. the movable forward before there was a movable forward. Oh, he, was Kevin Durant. he was Kevin Durant before. He was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. Yeah. I, yeah. I can agree with I that. mean, I, I could probably say he was probably a lot more physical than Kevin Kevin Durant. Like, oh, I, there's no, yes. there's no, <laughs> right? Like, we're what? all on the yes. same page. I mean, yeah, yes, we're in the same page. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But and you know, Kevin like Durant meme. that Kevin Durant meme where he's sitting in the plain clothes watching the game. Mm. He's filming the guy playing. Like, shut up. <laughs> Get this dude out of here. Like, he's the king. Of- like, that's him. That's him. The hot mic catching a guy cursing. Tired, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody cursed like Kevin Garnett during the game. Get that shit yeah. out of here, pussy. Like, look, <laughs> like, did I just hear that on NBC? <laughs> yes. 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 Yo, no, he's bro, an animal, but, man. Yeah, no, that 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 whole thing with with, with uh, Doc Rivers and KD, uh, KG, I should say, and that Celtic squad. KG was the reason why the Celtics had all success, and when KG was hurt. They didn't win, right. you know. It wasn't Paul Pierce. It yeah. wasn't Ray Allen. Although they contributed, you know, it helped. But Ray that Allen was hit that all, shot, right? Well, do you see similarities? Do you see similarities between the two teams? Like, do you see similarities between what he's got now with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and what he had then with a guy like Kevin Garnett? Like, like JoJo is not at a Kevin Garnett level in my in my eyes. Like. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mentally, from, he's not. Mentally, he's that's not. my point. Like mentally, maturity-wise, yeah. he's not there, right? And I wonder if a guy like Doc Rivers, and and I guess that's what I'm banking on. Like I'm hoping that Doc gets to Joel Embiid more so than he gets to Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. So like, 
and yeah. I, and I I guess I guess that's what I'm banking on. Is he's gonna be like, look, yeah. I I work with a beast. You gotta be a beast, bro. You gotta get let me answer right? that. Let, let me answer counter, that real counter. quick, Graf. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Cam. You get into Ben's head, and you Thank make you. Ben the man on the team. Thank Joe you. Joe ain't having that. Joe Thank ain't even. Joe ain't getting all Ben out of shape. Oh, Ben's the man. No, Joe is stepping up. Right. K KM I, is I speaking fast. Crazy so, ben. so you. All right, that's Joe, where you're going. You yeah, say so you get. Says, no, 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 no. I'm the man in town. Mm -hmm. So I think if you praise Ben, it doesn't make them butt heads. It only motivates Joe. Right. Joe. Joel has shown. I apologize. Joel. Joel has shown throughout his career that yes, if you provoke him, he steps up. He's a beast. But he has exactly. no problem. He has no problem uh, uh, acquiescing to Ben Simmons and letting Ben get his. He 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 only has the only time you see him get mad is when Ben don't do the work. You, and you see it when Ben don't do the work. You saw in these playoffs too after Ben got hurt, and you saw the same thing with uh uh oh god I can't think of his name the boy we traded from the Clippers. Um, Tobias Harris. Thank you, Tobias Harris. Oh, y'all gotta forgive me. My seven year old ran me tonight, man. He's he, no, he was good. Good. Toby, bro. He, he, good, was, he didn't show up or anything. Don't worry about but, it. But 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 I'm saying, but you, but but he got mad at Toby because he's looking at Toby like, yo, what happened to the 20 point dude, the 25 point dude we had in y'all? You were in LA and you come over here and you only scoring 15. Like, where 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 are you at? And yeah, it, but it I think Doc changes dude. that. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And what KM is saying, which is JoJo don't need work. JoJo already understands and is willing to do whatever is needed to do to help this team work. I ben is that. the guy you focus. Ben is the guy that you hammer on and say, you have to lead us into this next level. You have to stop being uh, uh, six foot ten Rondo, right? And, and stop, <laughs> and stop being, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And stop being six foot ten Rondo and start being, you know, one of the most dynamic uh, uh, players in this league, like he should be. And this is what this is why I think somebody like Doc is great because you already see it. Look at his first assistant coach hire. Like the yeah. people he's got to surround his team with. So when Ben comes to the bench, he has Dave Yeager like, "Yo, listen, this is what I saw. This is what you can do mm -hmm. when you go back in." Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Or I got somebody like Doc Rivers. Brett Brown bought in fucking Bruce Bowen to yeah. talk to them. And then what did Bruce do? He got in, in Bruce's face and then went to ESPN and snitched. And snitched. You, know, you know what Doc's going to do? Hey, KG, come holler and be real quick. Come holler mm -hmm. at the team. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Ray, you got say a few words or whatever. People mm -hmm. that locker room guys leaders. Bruce Bowen, when he did, when I found out he did that shit, and I think Brett lost the locker room then, yep. when that yep. happened. Because how can you, Bruce Bowen, I don't care, four rings, five rings, seven rings, come in here and get into the crown jewel's face, and I believe that all stems from Brett going to Bowen and saying, hey, and Bede is doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So not only have you written somebody outside the organization and told them about your star player, he came in and tried to undress him in front of the team. Come on, coach. Like, what mm. are you doing? Mm. 
That's wild. And I can't see a Doc Rivers doing that or allowing that. And we heard it. That's why I think Joel did so well with Jimmy here because Jimmy oh, was yeah. a dog and he was a shield. So, you know, because it's not in, in, in B to be the bad guy. So it be no. like I could just put in the work and play, and if Jimmy sees something he doesn't like, Jimmy's comfortable to be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Mm-hmm. But yeah. once he lost that, you say that he, with a group of men. You can't say that with a group of kids, right? And and I think that Ben is, is still in his head that nobody can say anything to him, especially if he don't think you're on his level, which in his mm-hmm. mind is good, but. I'm like, dude, like, even the greats, Jordan learned from somebody. Magic learned from somebody. But who, Kareem wait, learned, but, but who did he learn, though? Yeah, that's they what learned, I'm saying. They, they learned from people on their level. You know what I mean? Jordan needed Phil Jackson, who was, before Phil did any of the winning, Phil had already won a championship as a player and Correct. had all that coaching experience. Before Magic and Kareem did anything, in fact, the reason why Kareem left Milwaukee and came to LA because Pat Riley had did winning. He was a he was a winner in college, even though he lost the championship. But he was a winner in college. He had been through the circles. You know I mean, when you think about players who make that next leap into the legendary, right? Um, I would think that the people who they listen to outside, I would think only I think the only one who didn't really do that. Um, no, no, I was gonna say LeBron, but no, even LeBron had to listen because he had to listen to Pat Riley. He had Dwayne Wade in his ear, who had already won a championship. When you are taking that next level, you have to have someone on your level or higher. Who and uh, up until now, because Doc's here now, but up until now, who was here that could tell Embiid anything? Who? Uh, nobody. You know what I'm saying? Baby Bumbo, every once in a while, that stack of DVDs that they gave him <laughs> as a kid of Olajuwon. Yeah. yeah, well, no, but yeah. Elijah Wan can tell him, but Elijah Wan ain't in the Sixer. Yeah, Elijah Wan is Elijah Wan. Hey, you asked who that that's all I got for you on who when they met him in Cameroon and they said, You're playing the wrong sport, kid. Watch this. Mm-hmm. And they handed him a stack of fucking Elijah Wan DVDs. It's yeah, I wish shit. he was KM. I wish he was, you know, Kevin Garnett, though, that handed him that. Stack of DVDs and also show <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, because two part question. I got a two part question for all three all of you guys. Right. And answer, however. So I'm I'm gonna beat the dead horse here about Ben Simmons shooting the ball. And mm-hmm. what is the conversation? So if you guys would like to recite Doc Rivers' words from his mouth, what does Doc Rivers say? to Ben Simmons that says, all right, I got you, boss. I'm going to start shooting. Question Twelve one. feet. Question two. You're now the reporter that has seen Ben shoot multiple games in a row, and you now decide to bring up, hey, Ben, why now, not then? So I need Ooh. you to give me Doc Rivers' words, and I need you to give me Ben's words. What did Doc Rivers say to him, and what does Ben Simmons say in response? Go ahead, Graf. Yeah, uh, Prince, I mean, you know my answer. Yeah, my answer is like is like is like one simple phrase, and that's just shoot the fucking ball no less than twelve feet from the or like no less than twelve feet from the rim, right? Because mm-hmm. or no more than twelve feet from the rim. Like 
If I'm Doc Rivers, I'm saying to myself that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are the two most athletic individuals on the court, which means that they should be under the rim in some capacity, in some way, together, right? And when Joe, when Ben Simmons has a 12-footer and can just pop right into the lane and then up, right up, whether it be a hook shot, what have you, that's all. that needs to be his bread and butter. That needs to be where he exists. If I'm Doc Rivers, I say this is where you exist, right here. Joel's got everything. From 12 feet in, I need you right outside. Do whatever the fuck you need to do. Bounce passes, baseline passes, baseline dribbles. Don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Post up, shoot the basketball. That's it. Like, you would change everything. And, I, I mean, and then if if I'm a reporter, like, I don't even know. Dude, Philly. Well, I gave you what the reporter said. The reporter said, why are you shooting now and not last year? Uh, yeah, what, and all I'm saying. What age you shoot now? So we're 16 games into the season. Bro, I can't wait for when they actually shooting, answer that fucking he's question. He's shooting 12 J's a game. And you're saying, what the, where has this been? His answer is. Okay, so now that one. I just I got, didn't feel like it. <laughs> I, I, I got you on that one. So so you 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 do the typical NFL uh, sports media answer, which is yeah. we all we, we all work, we all made improvements to the game. We do <laughs> coaches, coaches coaching as uh, Doc is doing what we got to do. Uh, whoever his shooting coach is, give him props. You know, uh, uh, my guys are giving me open looks. My guys are giving me open looks, and I have to take them. I have to make them. And and you know, it's a make or miss league. You know, what, what, what other it's not what I'm looking for, yo. <laughs> no, no, man, no, no. You ask the question. That's how he's going to answer. You wanted you to know. Right, though. You're no. so fucking right. You know how Ben's really going to answer that question? Hmm. He's going to say, this is Ben. This is legit what Ben's going to say. He's going to be like, I felt like I needed to work on all aspects of my game, not yeah. just shooting. But I feel like now, uh, you know, I've been working on it and I've been uh, the opportunity to show what I've been working on. I, the opportunity has presented itself. So I'm going to keep taking them. You know, coach is doing a good job of putting me in position. And now, you know, I have to just, just keep uh having confidence in myself. My teammates having confidence in me that I'm going right. to make the shot. But he's right. definitely going to start it off with saying, I felt like I need to work on all aspects of my game. Yes. And it's not just shooting. Yes. And yes. I'm an all-star. It's it's right. He's going to throw his credentials in there. He's going to throw his credentials. But so, so you know, that's why I, I don't even worry about what the media is going to say and when they ask that question, because it's going to be white noise. That's all it's going to be. Um, as far as what I would do as the coach, and Prince, you know, I've said this before, which is I don't want to see Ben in the paint at all, ever. I need him at the top of the key. I need him, uh, as Graf said, you know, 12 feet out. Nah. You go further than that. I don't. And look, whether whether or not whether or not you make the shot is irrelevant because if you're if you're giving the shot, they have to honor it. They have to respect it. Again, if you're a six ten Rondo, Rondo, you know, did you realize in this playoff run in the bubble, Rondo would hit career highs in three point uh, uh, field goals made. All fire. He was mm-hmm. career high. Mm-hmm. But do you know why? Because nobody respects his three point shooting. Nobody. He's, he lines up at the three-point line, and people look at him like, oh, that's just Rondo. He good. He good. Go ahead, man. If you make it, you make it. And he was making them. And so that's the same thing. We don't need Ben to have that because if you don't respect his shot, then that makes it harder for Joe in the paint. I don't need Ben in the paint at all. I mean, he's, and- more, he's more of a weapon 
shooting or not shooting, and I prefer him to shoot. But he's more. He's, of a he's, the, he's an animal. He's an animal. Because he and can drive. KM, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Prince. No, I was going to say, and KM, this is one of the things, and probably you can. Um, I think you'll agree with this too. For the first time, and well, since since uh, Lloyd Pierce has left, they're going to have a real defensive system. And they're also, for the first time in all their careers, going to have an official offensive system. Doc Rivers yes. is motion. He's yes. pick and roll. He's pick yes. and pop. Yeah. He's, he's, everybody knows their roles. And what I'm really looking forward to is that dude knows how to work a bench. He yes. knows how to get the most out of what he has. So if we do, Lord forbid, I'm hoping not, but if we have a first-hand court mob, He's going to know his role. He's not going to come in mm -hmm. shooting from half court or being reckless. Or coming Doc's in going to four tell minutes into the first damn court. Right. right. You're oh. not going to see those types oh. of substitutions oh. anymore. Like, that's just going to be amazing. That? Yeah, bro. Oh. <laughs> oh. The funniest thing about your question Look, to me I'm is, I'm like, I can't help but think about what Philadelphia press conferences are going to be like for Sixers games, yo. Like, I, I just, after, like, next year, I, I can't even, it's going to be hilarious. Like, the, the mentality itself is going to be totally different. You mm -hmm. brought up pick and rolls, right, Prince? You brought up mm -hmm. pick and rolls. Do you realize that the best Toby has ever been was when he's playing out of pick and rolls? It is. Absolutely. No, yes. and, it, and you know what? It's no shock to anyone because if you watch that Clipper team, that's how he operated. And that was the first thing that Doc Rivers said when he got here was like, yeah, I'm going to be running him out a lot of more pick and rolls. So really, in all honesty, I think Ben Simmons is going to just be put in situations where naturally shooting the basketball is going to come to him. You put him in the fucking corner for a three, a corner three, that's not a natural position for him to be shooting a basketball. Mm -hmm. So no. I think what you're going to see is a lot of these motions that, that Prince is talking about where ball's going to wind up in Ben's hand and Ben's just going to put it up. And you're going to be like, whoa, that kind of looks smooth, it's right? It's kinetic. It's going to well, be kinetic. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be ball finds energy. That's how it is in basketball. It's all about rhythm, timing, and that's what Doc is. He has – Doc's system, when you look at the Clippers, you look at Boston, you look at Orlando, his teams are notorious for there's nobody standing still. There's, there's none of that. Like, mm -hmm. you're moving, and the basketball is going to find you. And you better be ready to shoot or do something with it. He's like, and I've always looked at Tobias because he has to unlock Tobias. Cause that contract isn't going anywhere. I always looked at Tobias like a mellow light. He's like mellow where it's not going to seem as a black hole. So when I see Tobias getting a ball, he's going to eat. He's going to turn and it's going to be that triple threat. Either he's going to pop, he's going to roll, or he's going to back you down. He, mm -hmm. That's 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 his either that's that's how he's gonna operate. And I think Doc's gonna make sure these guys are in a comfortable position to where they're able to just thrive. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm more excited about. We finally got like how many times y'all seen it? We've been tweeting, we've been like, what system are they running? What is mm -hmm. it? I don't know mm -hmm. what it Earth is. is I no think idea. I've seen it in Europe, but I don't yeah. know what it is. I well, no, man. Look, man. I look at I look at what he's going to do. I see Tobias being PG, right? Without without mm -hmm. the without the uh, mental issues. You know, shout out, shout out to, 
to anxiety. Yeah, look, look, shout out to anxiety. We don't make fun of anxiety, but That's yeah, right. but he gonna be PG, right? I see Ben becoming uh, a, a, a role like Kawhi if he can if he can um, develop a jumper because like Kawhi, he's awesome at defense. Like defensively, he's he's superior, but he needs to develop that jumper like Kawhi did. If he could do that, he becomes Kawhi. But now here's the one thing that the Sixers have that the Clippers didn't have, which is Embiid in the paint, you know? <laughs> and so, so what you, what you end up with is uh, an amalgamation of Celtics and Clippers all in one. Cause you got that paint presence like they did in Boston when they ran KG and, and Perk, right? And then in, in, uh, in, in LA, you got the wings with, with Simmons and, and, you know, uh, Toby and, you, you know, you mix that together, you're going to get a combination of the both of those things. And I think, I, like you said, Doc is going to run a system. It's going to be refreshing to see. Yeah. Which leads to part three of my question. Yeah, that's literally two sides to every coin. Need, man. We're at game <laughs> 16. I'm going back to game 16. And game one, Ben shoots a three, and he pulls up on about five or six Jays. Mm-hmm. And that that's five or six J's more than game one the last year because we all went fucking nuts when he shot that one three in, in the preseason. preseason. We all went fucking nuts when he shot like two threes. Yo, when he when he shot that first three regular season, I was the first one to tweet out. Yeah, my point guard shooting hundred percent from three. I don't know about your point guard, but then I ain't see a fucking three for the rest of the season. So, question number three, Doc Rivers. Puts it on Ben, and Ben comes out game one. He goes one for two from three, and he goes five for seven from the jumping field. And then we see nothing games two to 16. You're now Doc Rivers. What are you saying to Ben? Because that's exactly what Ben did to Brett the last two years. He no, said, see, see, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do it? All right, I'll do it. I'm going to shoot a three against the fucking Chinese League. All right, you want me to do it? I'm going to shoot a three against the fucking preseason. But 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 KM, 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 this is what you said was why Brett Brown needed to go, among many reasons, um, is the level of respect. Re- uh, ben Simmons and Embiid, they respect him from the heart, and that's great, but they don't have, like, a high respect for him. And the reason why you get 16 games 2 through 16 of him not doing that again is because, you know, hey, I did it for you once. Why are you pestering me? Again, Doc ain't here to make friends. So he's Doc going to run his system. That 16. That's what you're telling me. Dude, if it goes games two through three, he's going to be in Ben's ear. Yo, why didn't you shoot the jumper? It was open in game two. Why didn't you shoot the jumper in game th- You know what? Bet. You coming off the bench. Or some other or some <laughs> other thing. You know what I mean? He, he He's not letting it run no 16 games. You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference where Brett was – Brett was the right coach for the Sixers for the process. And once the process was finished, when we got uh, – or once the process uh, begat fruit, which was Simmons and Embiid and other stars coming – or other players coming through, you, Brett Brown reached his ceiling. He's not, he's not there for the winning. He's there for the, for the endurance part to get people through. Once you it, – it, it's like a, 
uh, and, and I hate to make this comparison because people are going to think I'm calling him Jordan, but uh, the coach for the Bulls when Jordan first began. Um, uh, uh, Doug Collins. Doug Collins. I actually want to say Phil Collins because I want to play that song. Um, Doug Collins, you know, I love Doug Collins. He's a great guy. I've met him personally. He's a really good guy. Um, uh, but he's not the guy that takes you over the hill. He's the guy who helps you to endure, who gets you acclimated to the league, who, who teaches you this and that. But then when it's time to win, you need somebody who's going to win. That's when Phil Jackson shows up and it became winning time. I think this is something that can be that way. And again, Doc has only won once, right? But he has that winning mentality. He knows what to do to get over the home. So maybe that's going to be like the next step from Brett Brown to where we are now. Wasn't Brett Brown a development coach before he, he was came a over? developmental coach with the Spurs? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Before he came? Yeah. I and I think like I'm totally on board with you on that one, man. Because the truth is, is you know he was great at developing young talent, but ultimately he had no scheme, right? And that's something that we've all talked about tonight. You got to be able to put no him scheme. in a scheme. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think KM, like I think part of the reality too is I don't think it's just going to be Doc Rivers that's going to be in his ear. Like Doc Rivers mm-hmm. is going to have a support system of assistant coaches around him that aren't mm-hmm. going to, to let Ben Simmons just rock you know, 16 mm-hmm. games without putting up a J. Like, you know, I, looking at Brett, like all, all of Brett's best bench coaches are all now either assistant coaches or head coaches, right? Like you got the guy who went over the sun. And doing well. That, away from him. And, exactly. And that's my thing. Like I think people are going to come to Doc Rivers and they're going to do well under him. And I think that you're going to watch a lot of these guys get poached probably in their careers if they're working with Doc. But like, Ultimately, I just see them also being a sports system the same in a positive way. Like, Ben, you need that jumper because it's part of the scheme. Like, this is what makes our offense You being open and taking tours of game changes the overall outline of what the game looks like. And I think mm-hmm. when you don't have a scheme in place, how do you explain their importance? You don't even You're breaking up, Graf. And I think that's part of the issue. Okay. Um... So, and, and and I guess I got to say, um, in closing with that, okay, we all can agree that this was the best possible scenario that the Sixers could have lucked into, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> um, real quick, since uh, tomorrow I'm not going to be able to talk to you guys, um, give me your quick uh, – Give me a quick pre- prediction for the uh, Eagles versus the Giants. I'm going to start with Graf. Go ahead, Graf. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, I mean, my predictions are pretty are pretty simple. I think Eagles are going to dominate this game, to be honest with y'all. Uh, I think it's going to be like, like a 35-21 type game. I think they – I think Daniel Jones is going to spend his entire night on his ass because in all reality, the one thing that Howie Roseman has done and been props for is make the best defensive line in all of football, bro. So I think Daniel Jones is going to struggle, and I think it's going to be a coming out party for our man T. Fogum. But uh, he's already had a couple of those. But, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. confident about it. Big Papa, go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, I I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win, but it's a division game, and every time you think that you're going to just run all over uh, somebody in the division because they stink, that's when you lose. And uh, I think in this situation, the one thing that will save the Eagles is the fact that uh, Danny Dimes, the, D- Danny Dimes, that guy, he's a turnover machine. You know, the things that the things that they call wins as a turnover machine. No, that's Danny Dimes. He has the worst turnover ratio in the division, uh, possibly in the league. Um, the, the guy I've watched him because, again, you know, Connecticut uh, uh, news, uh, I should say television up here. They show Giants games all the time. Um, every time they get a good 10, 12 uh, drive game uh, drive. Right. And they look like they're going for the touchdown or they're sent for the field goal. Here comes a fumble. Here comes an interception. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's going to give the Eagles a win in this. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a runaway game. Uh, I got it like uh, 17-10 or 17-14, somewhere around that, at, at that end. But Eagles win that. And then first place. KL, go ahead. Uh, before I get to my real feelings, I'm going to just try to keep it real first. The NFC got NFC's got four teams that suck. Yes. So if four teams play each other, <laughs> any one of them can win. So we're bad. all here in Philly. Like Saturday, real well, of course we're gonna win because we're playing the Giants. Of course the we're Giants gonna suck the most though, KN. But no, no, that's work. Washington football team. I mean we got <laughs> I mean, We got a tie, bro. We got a we tie. Suck, bro. We kinda suck too. So <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> watching four teams that suck, I'm seeing one team that has progressively gotten better every single week, and that's us. Mm. I'm watching four teams that's not good, but I'm watching one team that has a killer in that quarterback. And fuck, I'm watching that last game. I'm watching that last game, and it was it was in the first quarter, and I'm like, Carson's done. Like, he's got no reason to have any type of enthusiasm at all. He's got no protection. He's got no one to hand the ball, no one to run the ball. He's got nothing. And then he just did his thing in two, three, and four. And if that got me going off the couch and I'm thinking, like, holy shit, we're actually going to win this game. I legit thought we were going to win the game last week. There ain't a player on that team that doesn't see the same thing. So when you take two teams that suck and are facing each other tomorrow, but I believe one of them is fired up and ready to play for their guy, I think tomorrow is going to be a blowout. I think a blowout. I think we drop 30-plus. I think they max at 17. Okay. All right, KM. For that, that's um, what I think. I, I think I think Wentz goes off tomorrow, and I think all of our average players might play their Super Bowl tomorrow. I I predict I predict uh, um I predict the Eagles are going to score a lot. Um, and the reason why I say this and it's stu- it's probably stupid of me, but it's I think it's because Deshaun coming back, but not because of why y'all think. 
I think that. Not because I think Sean's going to have a great game. It's because what they're going to do for the other guys. Because they're going to just going to come back and they're going to be like, oh, no, he's been sitting by this tweet and while he's been out here balling. He ain't getting back to that. So Fogel's going to go off. War's going to go off. These young guns, the reason why Carson is so energized is because if these guys mess up, even if it's their fault, even if it's Carson's fault, you know what they're doing? They're coming to Carson. They're like, I fucked up. That's on me, Carson. Or Carson, if you see him, he's patting him on the head. He's talking to him. He's doing talking more. When have you ever seen Carson do a lot of talking to D-Jack or Alshon? That's true. Because you know why? You can't tell them shit because they feel like they're more accomplished. The bad body language, all that stuff. So I think Carson was rocking with these young dudes. I got like 30-17, and I think this defense is going to get at it. I think it's going to be that 17 is going to come from a lot of points late because Jim is going to do what he always does. He's going to go to prevent with a uh, type of sticks defense. And they're going to start whatever. That's what I think that's going to be. So that's my reaction. So I just want to say with that, thank you, fellas, for joining me. Shout out to um, Jamie Lynch and Pat Egan and the 975 fam for uh, coming on and blessing my show. Thank you guys for coming on, too. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Prince. Hey, Prince. Go ahead, buddy. Pat follows me on Twitter. Just want to let you know. <laughs> yeah, I think he follows <laughs> me, too, bro. <laughs> you rap bastard. You Just rap saying. bastard. That's okay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to everybody who keeps supporting me, man. Um, Last Out Media family, thank you. Um, and if you want to see this stream again, it's going to be played, of course, across all social media all the time. It's going to be on YouTube. Um, it's going to play on Last Out Media Network tomorrow between 10 and 12 o'clock. Um, there's big things coming. I say that all the time, but you know, like I always say, you know, people got to, you know, talk to the right people, you know, white people, they got to sign on the dotted line, all that bullshit, whatever. Um, listen, thank you guys. Um, without y'all, man, I can't reach out to people and they come on my show. Listen, I got to be real, yo. White people, man, they got to sign shit. White people always got to sign something. They can never just do it, you know. They got to sign, hey, We'll just sit over the contracts and then we'll get it done. Time, you know Obama didn't have any A's, bro. <laughs> Talk to my people. <laughs> like, you know, just bullshit. So uh thank you guys and um I appreciate you. Um all the support, all the love, man. I have no words for you guys. Um and if you just I just wanna just really let y'all know that um because of the support that y'all y'all give me, I'm able to do this. I'm able to pretty much just sit on here and talk sports with y'all and people listen and be entertained. And I told y'all I wanted to do something different than what's out there. And I think I'm on my way to doing that. And I love that you guys keep me honest. You keep me on my toes and you keep me, you know, you keep me looking forward. I appreciate it. And shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the Last Out uh, Media family. Shout out to 
all you guys as well. Thank you, um, Graf, Papa, KM, you know, my brother, I appreciate you. Um, everybody be good, be safe out there, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you listen when you can. If you can't make it live, just make sure you have um, access to this when, when you need to listen to it. And um, just rock on, y'all. I mean, all y'all, man, y'all just, y'all doing good things and y'all support me. That's the best thing in the world is to know that somebody's going to take time of their busy schedule to talk to my black ass. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Let me leave you with a cliffhanger. I don't know what else to say. Let me leave you with a cliffhanger. Just uh, if you haven't heard or come across it yet, just look up either Rudy Giuliani or Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, Borat 2 comes out Friday, bro. It comes out Friday. Prime video. That shit's all there. No. Prime video. So I guess you heard. And on that note, this is real time with Prince Blue. <laughs> Good night, y'all. What we got and I'm spanking out. I mean, I'm signing out. Not spanking out. I'm signing out. Oh, oh no. Hey, no. Good. Good look, y'all. I'm <laughs> out, y'all. Y'all get out of here. All right. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Come on, man. What are y'all doing to me here? <laughs>